0: The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From posted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet is what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at UnderdogFantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Year 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGP and app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford up on the northeast coast in Newcastle, England, uh, here to talk about all things MLB, uh, make some picks, analyse some picks, Chatting a lot of shit with my guest as usual from Houston, Texas. Uh, It's Moonaf Manji. Moonaf, good evening. How the hell are you?
1: Doing well. It's been a pretty good weekend. Uh, I know we'll get into some uh, football slats, soccer here in a little bit, Mm -hmm. but um, one thing I've never asked you, which is (laughs) this, is our thirty-third episode, is where exactly is Newcastle? Like, where? How close are you to like? London or like the main part of London or, or? No,
0: not at all. We are right up on the northeast coast. So I'm about an hour away from Scotland, from the Scottish border. So okay. kind of a, a bit, of, I mean, you're a Boston man. So it's kind of the if you the equivalent of where Boston's sticking up in, in the US. Yeah. That's where we're sticking up. Okay. Uh, so London, I mean, the UK is a small place, but London is about four or five hours drive. But it's, oh, the, okay. it's the other end of the country. Uh, we are right up in the northeast, uh, London's down south, but yeah, we're, we're pretty much uh, the people from Newcastle are called Geordies, and um, they say that Geordies are more aligned with Scotsmen than sort of English people. We have that, uh, we have that little bit about this. I think it's something to do with you know, enough, Um It's something to do with being a port city. Now mm. Newcastle's the same, Liverpool's the same, yeah. Glasgow is the same, and I think probably Boston and places like that. Just places, you know, places where you used to historically used mm. to having people coming in and out of your city makes yeah. it friendly, vibrant, lively. Those sort of people. Uh, where you get, you go down south and they're just all sort of miserable and arrogant. <laughs> sort of. And you don't get that. Uh, no offense, anyone down south. They might be listening. <laughs> <didn't> you. <laughs> there's a very there's a big north south divide in this country. It's very funny. No one in the north likes the people in the south. They all think we're rough and horrible and trashy. Uh, and we think they're all posh and arrogant and a bit flash. So, so you're um, closer to water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about, okay. we're, yeah. We're about seven miles away. I don't know why I'm pointing. You can't see. We're about <laughs> seven miles away from the sea, uh, the North Sea, over that way. So uh, there we go. right up there. Um, yeah, on the subject of Newcastle, we uh, got a good old-fashioned hammer in, as uh, predicted today off West Ham. What I said hammering there. I didn't even mean that little pun. Um, yeah, we got battered 4-2 off um off West Ham they looked like they were going to score every time they got the ball uh, we actually did alright scored two yeah. goals but West Ham could easily have scored 35 goals if they wanted to <laughs> like honestly every time they got it I thought they were going to score so uh, I mean that's one pick I got right I told everyone to permafeed Newcastle uh, so West Ham would have been a good pick in them. Um, a bloodless victory yesterday for Liverpool. It was a good day. There was absolutely goals galore uh, Yeah. In, in all the games. We were only Manchester City-Tottenham this afternoon. Um, that was a good game, but there was only one goal in that. But yeah, I uh, know the... Uh, the yeah, the yeah, crowds great. coming back had such a big effect yesterday. They played a whole season and yeah. half a season behind closed doors. And then I just think yesterday the intensity was back, the noise, the players were just an extra... An extra twenty percent, and uh, and you saw it in in the results. It was it was a fun day. So hopefully that that'll be a, a good fun season because it was good for DFS. Um, it was good for fantasy. Everyone was scoring points. Salah, yeah. Bruno Fernandez hat trick. Um, there was loads of points to be had, and uh, yeah, it, it did wet my appetite. If, even if I've been a bit negative on my own team, uh, so, I did quite enjoy it. And yeah, Liverpool weren't really tested by Norwich mooner
1: yeah, that's. Uh, I think the one soccer or the slash football handicapping that we can take, from what Malcolm is saying, is I'd bet the opponents of Newcastle's team total to go over and maybe on the Asian handicap a minus 1.25 or some sort. Or, or Are we looking at that? Is So what you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. over, over 34 and a half goals could have landed this <laughs> afternoon. So uh, anything around that line, Um yeah, it looks like it good. we're going to, uh, we'll be, it's going to be a tough season uh, mm-hmm. for, for the Magpies, but we'll see. Um, uh, we knew, We played Liverpool today in baseball, actually, uh, oh, my yeah. team, but I don't actually know. This is bad. I only went and watched about an hour because I, I was single parenting today, so I had to be running around picking children up. So okay. I watched uh, in the game, the last I heard the game was 7-7 in extras, and then I haven't Managed to get you the final score. Uh, so that's not very helpful at all. I've left it on a complete knife edge. Um, so, yeah, but that was a fun day. It was a bit rainy, yeah. uh, but all the Liverpool had come up, which is a big drive. That's about a three and a half hour drive. Wow. Uh, but they'd come all the way up here today uh, for a game of uh, single A. So that was good fun. Um, and then, yeah, there's been, uh, there been NFL uh, pre season moon off, because I haven't seen any of that, but I know. Um, Sean and Ryan have been hammering the unders oh, yes. by Twitter and the Slack channel and everything else. Yeah. He's been making a few quid, haven't they?
1: So it's why uh, kind of going back, I think the only Liverpool, uh, only Liverpool result that mattered was a three nil victory that they had this, this weekend against, Against, yeah. what was they play Norwich City? Norwich, yeah. Norwich. Oh, there we go. I can't even say half the city's over there. So <laughs> uh, it was good to see my man Salah score, though. That was that was fun. Um, yeah, as far as NFL, yeah, preseason uh, kicked off this past week. I know we had majority of the games um, on Saturday night. And blindly, absolutely blindly, if you listen to Sean and uh, Ryan, to take the unders in every single game, you would be up around, I think they resulted in 14 unders and two overs. 14 and two. So you may, I know there's guys posting it through their tickets on the Slack channel. A lot of them parlayed uh, a lot of the unders round robins, things like that. So it was a great start to the season for um, NFL betting. Um, you know, Sean and Ryan's cup of tea that that's there. That's their baby, the NFL. So they know what they're talking about. So if you haven't listened to the NFL, it's time to gear up. i obviously listen to our gambling MLB gambling podcast because we're still making money, but um, NFL preparation is well, well underway.
0: Yeah, stuff like that because you would just be playing, like you call them, pizza bets yeah. uh, pre-season. But a little, a little run like that doesn't give you a little pot for when that first NFL Sunday comes around, yeah. And all of a sudden you've got, uh, you've got something that you can take a big swing with uh, on the first Sunday. Um, but you're right, Munaf, we've made some money uh, this week as well. I know we're uh, blowing the trumpet uh, for the NFL boys, but uh, we gave out six picks on our podcast last Thursday night. And five of them uh, hit. So do you want to take a shoe? Uh you went two for two, Moonaf. A little a little glory for you. I think you were quite pleased with that. I I, I woke up to a message the morning after you'd hit them both. I think <laughs> you were uh you were flexing a bit and rightly so it. it'd been a little while.
1: I uh it was more like getting the monkey off of your back because yeah. you know I had a couple of oh in two weeks and one in one week, so it was finally getting to a uh, 2-0 sweep and then for the, I guess, six, the three of us going, you know, five and one over the weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I'll start with Scott's uh, Saturday. Oh, sorry. His uh, Friday pick, his dog pick was uh, the Diamondbacks' money line, first five innings money line. They were up uh, 2-0 after five. Um, again, another same game as you. So, uh, he he shortened it. He, he took the first five. But, They both cashed, um, Bumgarner, man. He, he pitched well again for the diamondbacks, got the two 0 victory in the first five innings. And then his, uh, lock on Saturday, this was a great spot for the A's because, um, they got pounced on Friday, which was my dog pick. Uh, but Scott's, uh, run line A's on Saturday. They got the eight, three victory, Um, after losing on Friday, like I mentioned, a good bounce back spot, like I said, James Caprillion, one of our guys that we've talked about a lot. Yeah, um, he was good in the he he was good, he pitched well. Uh, and then that four run seventh inning for the A's created the separation for the hit, uh, for him to get that minus one and a half on the run line. So, uh, Scott goes two and oh, and then uh, going to my picks, mine both went off on Friday. Uh, My lock was the uh, Reds and Phillies under eight and a half. I was really surprised to see this come out at eight and a half. I would have really thought that it would have been uh, eight, but an extra half run didn't hurt. Both of these pitchers, I'm not going to get into the details, but both pitchers were really good. Um, Both, I think they were with seven, both went six and seven innings uh, combined to give up, I think four earned runs was what Zach Wheeler uh, ended up giving up. And then they got the victory to the Reds six to one in that game. Um, and then my dog, um, you know, I, I, I messaged you when this number came out and I thought this would be a more of a plus dog, but I think it was around plus plus one thirty three. I think it got steamed all the way up to plus plus one forty eight. but, um, this was the one game that the Rangers bat decided to show up. I think they got three, one or two, um, in the first inning. And then I think they were out to a three, nothing lead. They ended up scoring eight total runs in the game. Cole Irvin. Uh, gave up five runs uh, early and then two late home runs that added five runs in, the, I think, the seventh and eighth inning really kind of propelled them to that victory. So I, w- I was getting nervous watching the game because at one point the A's did take the lead, uh, but the bats kind of came through for the Rangers. So that was a great uh, plus-money cash there to go uh, 2-0 and for the weekend. So hopefully I can carry that momentum into this weekend also. Yeah, they were both great picks, uh, the under- In that Reds Phillies
0: game is a beauty. And I like, uh, I've mentioned before, I like it when we kind of get consecutive games in a series, right? And so you get the Rangers to beat the A's on Friday, which is beautifully thought out and landed. And I knew a few people in the Slack channel certainly followed that pick. Um, And then Scott follows it up on Saturday night. And because that wasn't an easy series to call, looks like the Rangers are going to take the win tonight as well. Uh, So if the Rangers taking two out of three um, from the Athletics, which isn't something you would maybe have gone with. Um for us to have got two of those. I say us, I'm claiming some part of this. i don't know we do, with it. Uh, for you and Scott to have got um two of those. Uh, it's quite impressive. Um yeah, I followed it in with my dog, which was that D game that Scott took the first five in. Uh, Madison Bumgarner against Blake Snell. Um, just what we needed to happen. Um uh, Bumgarner pitched well. Uh, Snell didn't do much wrong, but just kept us in the game. Um and then Dalton Varsho, uh catcher, outfielder was a Supposed to be a fantasy darling of mine, he wasn't. I had to let him go, uh, and then that so that made me laugh when he hit the uh, he hit the home run. So I was happy with that. And unfortunately, um, my lock went down on Saturday. But as you just said to me before we started the show, you can't handicap uh, Matt Moore taking a no hitter into the eighth inning, I think. Yeah, um, because Lewis Castillo actually pitched really well. Um, mm-hmm. the Jesse Winker was missing for the Reds, he's been day to day. Um, which took a, a big chunk out of their offence. Uh, but the Reds just didn't hit and you get a night occasionally uh, where there's nothing you can do. Matt where it been hit hard repeatedly uh, but then wasn't. Um, and then I think they eventually gave up a run in the eighth. I know Hector Neris went one inning and then somebody else gave up a run. But anyway uh, that went down. But the fact my dog won meant uh, there was a little bit of profit on that. So yeah five for six uh, between the three of us so absolutely got to be happy with that. Um, so hopefully, Moonaf, we can keep this little bit of momentum going. That's uh, that's consecutive weeks now, three or four weeks. I think we've been uh, we've been going over five hundred, and these locks as well. You know, are doing all right with these locks, these bigger yeah. priced ones.
1: Yeah, I- I'm sorry, I-, I just forgot to mention that. Uh, I can't believe you couldn't handicap the no hitter that was posted <laughs> by the Reds, or sorry, the Phillies pitcher that who has an ERA above six. I mean, come on, you yeah, couldn't that out of your hat. Yeah, I must have uh, missed some underlying metrics there, <laughs> Rudolf.
0: I forgot all about it, actually, because I went out yesterday. I was at a little boys football competition. Mm-hmm. And came back, I went to the pub, I had a few beers, and wow. came back at nine o'clock, and I thought, like, oh, that's my game. And then I sort of had to do it. How many beers have I had? I thought <laughs> I'd only had three. I wasn't sure. I did a, a real cartoon rub of the eyes when you see the little no-hitter icon come up on the score uh, and there was sort of 7.2 innings in and Matt Moore was still dealing uh, like he was um, Chris Sale, um, which, Moonaf on, segues us nicely into the week's news. Uh, and your boy, Chris Sale, came back um, and looks really good for Boston.
1: Yeah, he came back Saturday. I know uh, all the Sox fans were excited about this. Um, long time coming I think That had been about 720 days since he pitched uh, a Major League game, but... Um, you know, I think that spark that I've been kind of talking about of getting Chris Sale back would really boost the morale because like we talked about the Red Sox were really struggling uh, since the trade deadline. But, you know, I know it's against the Orioles and they took care of business. But, um, you know, getting an ace pitcher back like that really takes a lot of pressure off of your pitching rotation also. Right. And um, that game was over by the second inning. It was six nothing. And then the uh, Red Sox went going to score 16 runs in that game. So, um, and they took care of business today also. So, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, Chris Sell's here to stay. Uh, no more injuries. I hope that's something that's in the past for him. He had uh, he went five innings, uh, eight strikeouts, gave up two earned runs. Um, but all in all, you know, a very positive and great start for Chris Sell. And, you know, glad to have him back.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And um, Boston needed to take advantage of this series against the Orioles as well. This is yeah. the sort of thing now we're getting to the – the time of the season where you can't be making mistakes. Uh, if you get a home series against the O's, uh, you need to take advantage. I think Absolutely. there's three teams riding a. Um, it. The Cubs and the Orioles are both uh, riding 10 game losing streaks. And then yeah. the Pirates have won one out of 10, um, which I think was a, a game that was rained out. And they, they, they eventually got to finish it last night. Um so I don't even know if that counts as a real is a real win. So um we discussed on Thursday these teams that are absolutely unbackable. And since then they've just gone and lost lost some more the uh the Orioles you see have got beaten tonight by the Red Sox. Um and I don't know what the Cubs have been. You say, oh, the Cubs lost to the Marlins, yeah. So they've they've gone to eleven games each now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the um Boston needed that and uh, Tampa uh, just not stumbling, but they've just sort of opened the door. They've kept the door, uh, kept the door ajar. So, uh, next up, Moon after We alluded to this on Thursday because we were about an hour away from the start of the Field of Dreams game. So, did you get on and watch it? What did you think?
1: Yeah, this was a fun game. If you're, I think you're a fan of offense um, and a Yankees hater, this was a fantastic game for you. <laughs> um, it almost seemed like you know the, the first three innings that this was going to turn into a pitcher's duel but um, they came out swinging after that. I think in the third inning, they both uh, combined to score seven runs. A lot of home runs in this game. And let me count it here. One, eight, two, it three, wasn't four, five. Yeah. Eight home runs. So it almost was like a home run derby out there for the uh, White Sox and the Yankees, but in great fashion, in the ninth inning, as usual, the Yankees blow a save and Tim Anderson hits the home run into right field to give them the victory. But, um, yeah, this was a fun game to watch. They said, um, I'll get your thoughts on that. I know you probably watched the highlights, but they said this was the uh, most watched game yeah. or most watched baseball game, I think, in 16 years. So hopefully they keep this around year to year. Maybe I think it'll be fun to maybe get a whole like weekend series here instead of just one game.
0: Yeah, I think uh, when we talked about MLB, the commissioner, et cetera, in the past, it's normally negative. Right? They, yeah. they tend not to make good decisions. And this one really, really worked. Uh, yep. And those numbers that you've just mentioned um, back that up. Um, it was dead cheesy and dead American, uh, the first sort of mm-hmm. when the broadcast started. Uh, yeah. it, it made me giggling. Uh, I, I loved I absolutely loved it. Uh, um, Costner came out of the cornfield and took ages to get across to the diamond. He <laughs> zigzagged his way, zigzagged his way across the outfield for about seven minutes. Like I was like, all right, Kev, come on. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all seen it, and then the players came out the corner, it was all great. And I was sitting watching it with the um, I'm sure the kids the next day, and were, we just couldn't imagine sort of like the Premier League football doing a similar thing, sort of a game in the middle of nowhere with that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it was cheesy, but I did, I really enjoyed it. I watched them, um, yeah. I watched the first three or four innings, then went to bed, then caught up with all the shenanigans uh, the next morning, but yeah, um, hopefully they'll be able to do something like that, maybe just to find other crazy places where they're going to have a game uh, as well. I know the hockey do the outdoor game, don't they? Yeah. Uh, once a year, the um, wherever that was, by some lake last year, that was good for to watch too. So. No, I really enjoyed it. The, the, they the, showed you the all-star game there. Wouldn't that yeah, be fun?
1: exactly. That would that would be absolutely perfect, wouldn't it? Great yeah. to get the fans out, like. Yeah, but the problem is, that I think you know the capacity for seating is only like eight thousand. So yeah, and you would lose like that ticket money and things like that. So there's there's like plus there's there's pros and cons to both of it. But I think if they have it, like if they if this is something that you do year to year, I think as a baseball fan, you probably want to get out there and just to check it out because I think it just seems like a lot of fun. It's it's just like you said, it's like so American, right?
0: Yeah, really, really was. Yeah. Um, Another really feel-good uh, story came out last night uh, for the D-backs in Tyler Gilbert, who made yeah. his uh, Major League debut, his first start um, for Arizona against the Padres, and then went and threw a no-hitter. Um, yeah. That was another one I had to rub my eyes when I came back in from the pub again. Um, <laughs> so it was only the fourth time in MLB history uh, that a pitch has thrown a no-hitter on debut. Um, yeah. And the, I mean, you couldn't, have, again, we talked about Matt Moore. You couldn't have handicapped this at all. This came absolutely out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. I think we got to give credit to the, uh, our Slack channel for this one, because I think there's some guys that were talking about backing the Padres, um, uh, last night. And I said, I, I, I just didn't trust them because their bats were just so cold and pretty much came to fruition, uh, last night for Tyler Gilbert. But, uh yeah, I know we're going to talk about the Padres in here a second. Now they're struggling, but yeah, this is incredible. I think this is the fourth time in MLB history that a uh, pitcher's first major league career start was a resulted in a no hitter. So um, that was fun to watch. You know, I think his family's up there in the stands and they were just going crazy. I think that was his dad that's wearing a, a Diamondbacks jersey, which was like really like animated and getting into it and rightfully so, right? I mean, this is your first career start in the Amer- sorry, the major leagues and it results in a no hitter. I think at that point I would just retire but like oh I'm done. I, I had my one career start. <laughs> I threw a no hitter. I'm in the history books. I am done. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's all downhill from now. is ERA it
0: could only go in one. Yeah. Uh, could only go in one direction. <laughs> um no, the uh, The Diamondbacks were a team um obviously I know you all laughed me out of the place. Uh we did our um All-Star Break podcast and um, one of the teams that I've said were due for a decent second half of the season uh, were the Diamondbacks. I'm just saying if I I'm, have a look at their expanded... I know they've won three in a row, but um, on the expanded standings, I can't, I can't pick up a... I don't know if you can find it, Moon off maybe at some point. Um, yeah. the, the record since the All-Star break, but I know they've won three in a row. Um, but most of the time, it's because we talk about name recognition, mm. and they've been... I've, I've picked them three or four times since... Um, since we recorded that podcast. Because they're, they're a big price every night. like um, So even if they're running around about 500 or even just below, the fact that you can get 140, 150, 160 or bigger um, a lot of the time. And I do think there's, there's more to come. Um, this does lead us into a little bit of Padres chat moving off. Um, the Diamondbacks swept them over the weekend. Um, they are now 10 games uh, behind the Giants, who are not slowing down at all. Six games behind the Dodgers, and um, they're still in a wild card spot, um, but not by much. they have only got a couple of games. I'm just think it's a couple of games on Cincinnati. They've got two games on Cincinnati, four games on St. Louis, and then you've got your Phillies um, and in my Mets who are four and a half and five and a half games back So what looked like really it should have been um, home and host San Diego. Um, but they certainly don't like, look like that at the minute. You've said the bats are cold. I said, I watched them last week and I just didn't get a good feel off, like I say, it was Grisham, Myers, uh, those centre-fielders The missed Tatties. Now, I think Tatis is back, possibly tonight. I, didn't I believe so. I've seen them warming up and they're going to stick him out in right field because A, he keeps making errors at shortstop um, and B, they're trying to protect this shoulder that keeps popping out. Uh, so we'll have to see about that. But um, he's certainly the offensive spark, but he seems to be... It just seems to bring the energy and
1: stuff for, for San Diego as well. But um, are they done for now, do you think, San Diego? I, I think that, you know, we, we had talked about this when we were talking about when Tatis went down with the uh, with the uh, trip to the IL, I think it was two weeks ago. And I said that, you know, this might be a really bad thing for the Padres because, like you just mentioned, that he's a guy that brings that energy, that electricity, their best batter in this lineup. Um, that it's really going to hurt them. And it's kind of came to fruition, right? They've now lost four in a row, getting swept by the Diamondbacks. Now only a two-game lead over the Reds. Like you mentioned, Cardinals and the Phillies are both uh, about four and a half, four and four and a half games back from that second wildcard spot. But um, I, I think now is the time for the Padres to start making, start getting wins. And you get Tatis back, you're sticking him in left field, uh, trying to protect him, but as much as I kind of want to buy into the Padres, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs here. I mean, they have the number one toughest schedule remaining in the entire MLB. They still have about six, I think six or seven games against less left against the Giants. Uh they have games against the Diamondbacks, but Diamondbacks are not backing down from them. They just swept them. They have games against the Rockies, right? Rockies are still a frisky bunch. They can steal a game or two from you uh in a in a series in a in a series. So Um, it's really going to have to be on the back of this pitching. And I'm not sure I'm really sold on this pitching because Blake Snell is a pitcher that, you know, between myself, you and Scott, we have faded this guy because he's just been so bad and, and he's not the Cy Young, you know, caliber player that the Padres got when they thought that they were getting him from the race. So, um, it's now or never for the San Diego Padres. They have 43 games left toughest schedule, going to be a very, very difficult uh, hill to climb. Uh, They do have, like I said, the two-game lead in the wild card. But, again, uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm not bought in on the San Diego Padres team.
0: No. um, uh, you Darvish is another one. You mentioned Like uh, Blake Sill. I've just been totally underwhelmed by him. He's he's had some okay starts uh, and then some average starts. He hasn't done anything really bad. He hasn't done anything stellar. But he's just not been the pitcher uh, that... People were expecting him to be. Um, obviously, I don't get to see much of the Padres with the time zone. They're one of the teams. Those those teams over there seem to they stay off my radar a little bit more than the East Coast teams. But I did see them uh, a few times last week. I caught. They must have been over over on the East Coast. I saw them a few times, and they just didn't blow me skirt up at all. Like underwhelmed, um, I think uh, is the right word to use there. Yeah. Uh, ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favourite teams, players and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football and more. Great promos, odds and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today. Receive a special offer of a risk-free $500 sports bet. Download Bet and Win. Download the Winbet app or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. If you want to take that $500 sports bet, Parley on Newcastle, loser are the next 37 Premier League games. You'll be a rich man. You can send me 10%. Uh, we'll go on holiday and have a lovely time. Um, discussion topic this week, Moonaf. We, um, we're quite pleased. It's, it's benefited us that a lot of these races that um, seemed sewn up uh, fairly recently, all of a sudden have been blown wide open. Um, we're going to talk about the NL Young Moonaf, And this has been blown wide open due to Jacob de Grom, um, being repeatedly uh, injured three or four times on and off the, the IL, and no sign of him coming back again at this point. He's been closed down again. Uh, and that's absolutely open. It's one of the most open markets um, that there is at the moment, uh, and absolutely worth a look.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, if it wasn't for the DeGrom injury, like you said, we wouldn't have anything to talk about here. But um, uh, like you mentioned, with these multiple trips to the IL. Um, Now this NLCI Young Races is really opened up um, for the National League. And I was reading more about the DeGrom injury. I think they're they're really taking their time about bringing him back because, um, you know, stuff like this could possibly lead to a, you know, Tommy John surgery. I think that's something that for a caliber pitcher like Jacob DeGrom and you getting Noah Syndergaard back, I I would probably want to take my time with that. I also want to make sure nothing uh, serious happens. But, you know, it's opened up the race and it gives us something to talk about.
0: Yeah, especially with them um, what six weeks left now maybe uh of the yeah. regular season so mm-hmm. um to have this many uh this many guys that are still uh still in contention and genuine contention as well so what we've got off, i thought we'd break it down into there's a there's a top tier and the top tier of players who are at single figure prices uh of which there are five um now the one thing i'd say at the top of this before we take um, b- before we take you through it, is that because it's such a competitive market? Um, there's some wild fluctuations in prices, so I had a look at an odds checking website um, where you can just put in the name of the the market that you want. It covers every sport under the sun, and it'll give you. I'm doing one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve. There's about twenty. I've got about twenty different uh, bookmakers listed across the top. Uh, so I've got and I've got um, odds up for all of those. So I'll I'll give you some of the disparities as we go down the list. The the favourite, you've got Zach Wheeler at two to one, biggest price, two to one. Um, He's shorter in places, but that's the best price you've got. Uh, Walker Bueller at seven to two. Brandon Woodruff at six to one. Uh, Corbin Burns at six and a half to one. And Kevin Gorsman, you can get a nine and a half to one. Um, But some of these you've got, I mean, Brandon Woodruff is as short as. Uh, four to one in places. Corbin Burns is four to one with certain bookies, but then six and a half with others. Uh, Gorsman's down is seven to one, uh, but up to nine and a half. So I mean, those those big points. Even Zach Wheeler's sort of plus plus one fifty in places, but then plus two hundred uh, with with one firm over here. So uh, shop around, um, and as you go further down the list, into the fancy prices. Uh, then you get some some huge disparities as well. So uh, that can make your market if you can pick up the best price on these players. Um, but looking down the moon, half, um, Zach Wheeler, two to one. Yeah. Like I say, Bueller, three and a half. Uh, Woodruff, six. Byrne, six and a half. Uh, Gosman, nine and a half. Uh, they're, they're the top five in the market. And um, who who was your pick and, and how do you see this going and why?
1: Yeah, I think for me, you know, as a wide open as a market, as it is it as it is right now, um, I kind of feel like it is a two-horse race, but then you always have to keep in mind that, especially for pitchers, that these injuries kind of do flare up, right? We've seen that with DeGrom, you know, some of these other pitchers, especially in the American League, also with Carlos Rodon, we talked about last week, who yeah. went down with some soreness, you know, it's only 10 days, but that really kind of opens up the market for you. It could lead to something that's a bigger issue, but... At least for me, you know, I think it's between a, a, I think it's two or three guys and I think they're right at the top between Zach Wheeler, Walker Buehler. I think Corbin Burns is the guy that we kind of have to mention in this race. And I know we'll talk about some long shots in in a little bit, but for me, I kind of went with Zach Wheeler. I mean, I know it's a short price and, you know, laying plus 200 on AL Cy Young is not the prettiest thing, but um it it is almost like I like Wheeler slightly better than Bueller for number one. The number one reason is that, or a couple of reasons, is that if the Phillies do come back to win this division in the National League East, I think that's a story that's kind of going to resonate with the with the voters for this Cy Young, right? Because they were so far behind when we talked about it at um, at the All Star break when we were approving the second half that this was a team that I said to keep in, keep your eye on that. They were around plus plus three 390, plus 400 to win this division. I think now we're almost seeing close to even prices or around that plus 150 mark. But it's really kind of been led by both their pitching and their batting. But by a mile, Zach Wheeler has been their best pitcher um, on this rotation. And the numbers kind of speak for themselves to kind of get into that. But – you know, for Bueller, I think you know this is a guy that is also well deserving. But for me, because he's on the Dodgers and he's in a on a pitching staff that has guys like you know Clayton Kershaw, with the acquisition of Max Scherzer, Julio Urias is another guy that's having a great season for them. And I think that kind of that redemption story for where Wheeler seems kind of better. I think for me, in the eyes of a voter who's voting for this award, I think you know, especially for Zach Wheeler, he's gotten better year over year. And I think maybe this year, because of the year that he's put together, I'm not sure that this is something that's kind of repeatable. But for a guy like Walker Bueller, it seems like he, he's doing it consistently year over year. But for a guy to kind of really improve, like Zach Wheeler has when he's with the Mets and with the Phillies over his last two years, and for the you know the year that he's having this year, I, I think I want to kind of tip my hat. And if I had a vote, I would probably give it to Zach Wheeler.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. And that's, a, that's a, another way of... Um playing your Phillies angle, like you say, it's a team yeah. that you like. So um maybe if the if there's a price differential on them winning the division or something like that, then the two things do kind of go hand in hand. That if they go on and win the division, yeah. um there's a there's a big chance that Zach Wheeler's gonna gonna get this award. So um yeah that it's 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 a nice angle that you take because you are because you've been quite sweet on the Phillies um for a few weeks. Um I the What I lent towards, and again, they're not original because the six weeks left in the season, you've got to really stay at the top of the market. Um, Is Walker Bueller now? uh, Plus 350, I thought was it was a big price for me. He's Mm. the leader in um, wins Uh, out of those top guys. There is someone uh, who's got more wins than him. We're going to mention a little while, Uh, but Mm. Walker Bueller is the leader in wins, um, and he's the leader in war. Sorry, ERA. Uh, he's got the best ERA up there, which is uh, let's have a look. Two point zero nine is ERA is. Um, so he's got he's got a couple of he's got a couple of percentage points um, in front uh, there on ERA. So and just like he's got the the Dodgers do have a chance of going deep into the postseason. I don't. I'm still not out on the. Uh, I'm not in on the Phillies uh, where you are, and that yeah. kind of makes my decision. That's why I would lean towards Wheeler, uh, yep. where you're leaning towards Wheeler, which is perfectly acceptable. You pay your money and take your choice. Um, so yeah, that was the plus three fifty for me. Um, bigger priced ones. I know we've mentioned some some crazy prices that I've got written down in a little while, just in case. Um, but there was one, and you again talked about shopping around. I had Goldsman at the top price nine and a half to one, but you found some 12 to one. Uh, And if you can find that 12-1, to then uh, you can can make a case for Kevin Gossman.
1: Yeah, I mean, you take a look at Kevin Gossman. I mean, I think if that coming into the beginning of the year, if we kind of rewind that, you know, because of the win total that the Dodgers had before the season started, that they were going to be a runaway winner of this division. And that uh, maybe that only other team in that division that was going to be able to catch them was going to be the San Diego Padres. But now the Giants have kind of came out of nowhere and it's really been on the back of their pitching, right? We've talked about this almost every single episode that because of how great their pitching has been, number one, led by Kevin Gossman, um, this team is now sitting in first place in the National League West when you have, when you're being a team like the Dodgers, who has so many all stars on this team and, and just a stacked roster. And then the, I think the team that was most hyped coming into the season with the San Diego Padres, who've kind of fallen off a cliff all of a sudden the giants have taken advantage of that. And because of their pitching, they're doing well led by, like I said, Kevin Gossman and he's top five. in a lot of these categories that really matter, right. And we, the war is we've talked about this multiple times on this podcast is that that's something that we really, really love to look at. And then again, wins um, he's top five in ERA top five whip top five. So a, a lot of the categories, Kevin Gossman is there but because maybe he's on a smaller market team like the the, the 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 giants um maybe that's what's kind of not making him the leader but i mean if you just take a look at his numbers i this if i you know we presented this as a blind resume this guy would probably be the first or second pick if we said hey this is a resume that i kind of want to pick as my nl cy young so not the huge not the biggest price i know we have some other guys on this list that are deserving so but 12 to one is pretty good value. I mean, if I want to lay a future right now, it's probably want to be around a 10 to one or more um, price on it, on a future bet, whether it's with a team or, a, or an award.
0: Yeah. Um, Gosman And I had reason to look at him uh, this afternoon, which we'll get to in a little while. Um, he just had a dodgy July. I think if you put yeah. together a bit of a better July, he just had a wobble. Wasn't terrible. Uh, but I think his ERA came in at a flat five, maybe. Um, in July. So that maybe just set him back a little bit. Um, and like you say, that he's more he's, he's certainly raised a lot of eyebrows this season. Um, yeah. that 11 and 5 record, and the Giants have been great. So it's a good story. Um it just the, the before we wrap this segment up, the couple of really the really big prices I looked at was um Julio Urias for the Dodgers is 80 mm-hmm. to 1. Um now we sitting eighth in the pitcher list for war. Um I think his biggest problem. Is that he's behind someone on his own team? So, if he was kind of front running for the Dodgers, then you could make a case for him to leapfrog all the others. But he's not—he's not miles behind either. He's the pitcher with the most wins. When we said there is someone with more wins, so um, Arias actually has thirteen and three record, uh, where Walker Bueller has twelve wins. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, sorry, uh,
1: just to mention about uh, Urias is that his ERA is a little higher, right? It's around 3.29, exactly. So I think that's yeah. kind of his downfall there. But you know, that's he's, the he, thing. Yeah, they,
0: they would, he would have to kind of charge through the next what six, six or seven weeks, maybe ten yeah. or eleven starts. He would have to absolutely put a put a great run together, which is perfectly feasible, uh, yeah. especially if the Dodgers are going to make a charge of that division. Uh, they could do it on the back of reason. All of a sudden, if he could get his ERA down to 2.7, 2.8, and end up with 19 wins, um, then you know, that 80 to one uh, might be a decent. It uh, might be a decent price. It's, ju- it's just not. It seems a really big price for someone who is not very far away. Um, the one other person I picked out, uh, who you can say the same things about, they're not far away. Um, and again, if they, they would have to put a, a run together. Is Charlie Morton? Yeah. On the Brave. now, Charlie Morton's 150 to one. Uh, so obviously um, the odds reflect the chances. Well, he's sitting tenth on that list. He's got an eleven and four record, so he's got the wins under his belt. Uh, again, his ERA is three point four nine. Uh, but if the Braves were to make a charge, they'll do it behind Charlie Morton if he can tag together seven, seven stellar outings. All of a sudden, uh, that one hundred and fifty one, he, he might pick some, pick some votes up there as well, Moona.
1: Yeah, it's just tough, right? Especially if a team like if you're backing a player that's not. Uh, on a team that's going to make the playoffs unless they have like stellar numbers like T- Trevor Brower had last season with the Rays where his ERA was like, I think 1.73 where he wanted, it. I think that was, that's going to take that type of effort for a pitcher to win that. So, you know, they're like you mentioned, because these prices for these, some of these long shots are for that reason because they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, and, and those numbers aren't there either for uh, guys like that. And rightfully so that's built into the price, but um, I think something you know definitely to keep your eye on in this market is because you know, again, with the injuries happening now, if you think that Jacob DeGrom comes back in the month of September and he, he absolutely tears it up and, and picks up right where he left off, and is able to stockpile a couple more wins, he's sitting there at 100, 100 to 1 on a book that I'm looking at. So, I'm mean, not
0: that's You See, hey, I've
1: got big oh, sorry, points. I'm sorry, you no, 25 to 1. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Got, 25 to 1.
0: 150, well, I've got some 12 to 1. Yeah, uh, and then I've got some fifty to one. So it is kind of when you get into the second tier of prices. Um, I like Freddie Peralta twelve to one in places, thirty to one uh, 30 in other one. places. Yeah. So you can uh, you can that's where you can really find some value. And yeah, I mean fifty to one about Degrom. I wouldn't be touching them at twelve. Um, but if you can find some fifty to one, um, which I can see in front of me now, then yeah, yeah that's that's worth. And we're not talking. We're talking pizza bets again for this, for yeah. the second time tonight. Yeah. Take I would take ten dollars and spread them, put two or three dollars on uh say Charlie Morton and Arias Braves and uh five or six starts uh, down the line, you might have someone who's an eight to one shot, you know, if they if they've really strung it together. Um I think the one person we haven't mentioned is Freddie Peralta. Um intensity yeah. he's stuck right in the middle, he, he's not up there with the shorties, uh, and he's not out there with the real fancy prices. Um, but there's some 30-1 to 1 available about Freddy Peralta. He's just had a really good season. 9-3 um, does have that ERA, though, the 2.26, uh, yeah. which is right up there with the top boys.
1: Yeah, he's just blindsided by what Corbin Burns and Brandon yeah. Woodruff are doing too, right? And the book I'm looking at, they have Burns at plus 330 and Brandon Woodruff at 6-1, to one, and then Freddy Peralta, whose numbers are almost as good as Burns. Yeah, they Woodruff. are, Absolutely. Too comparable, there. Yeah, at thirty to one. So I mean, that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's kind of hard to put three pitchers that are on the same team to have short odds. But you gotta, I guess he he kind of has to be the the lame duck of that group to have the longer odds. But you know, I, I think that something definitely keep your market uh, eye on for this market. Um, you know, I think that a twelve to one on if you're on Kevin Gossman, I think is a pretty good price. Um, again, Degrom. Twenty-five to one and Freddie Peralta thirty to one. Those are pretty good numbers. Um, Jack Flaherty, a guy that's back, um, he's sitting at hundred to one. I mean, I don't think he's going to get there. He's going to really going to have to stockpile the wins, but he missed about two months of the season. So, um, unless, like we said, uh, one of these top pitchers goes down, I think this market is probably between two guys, and then maybe some throw a few bucks or ten bucks on some of the longer shots.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that, Munaf. and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out um, as we we get through towards September and the playoffs coming along. Yep. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Football season is about to kick off and PropSwap is here to make this your best season ever. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. For example, last year, Mac Jones was 25-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy and then by November became the favourite. A PropSwap customer who bet $100 on Mac before the season sold that Heisman ticket on PropSwap for $1,000, cashing out at the right time before Devonta Smith ran away from the field. Think of PropSwap like the stock market, but for sports betting, buy low, sell high. The average seller on PropSwap makes over $500 per month just listing and selling tickets. And when making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team, so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. The Summer of Soccer continues on Paramount+. Plus. Stream over 2,000 soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart-pounding drama from CBS Sports, including UEFA Champions League, Europa League, Italy-Syria, Argentina's Primera División, La Brasiliera Ao, NWSL, the Asian Football Confederation and the CONCACAF qualifiers, featuring the stars from the US and Mexican men's national teams. It's the best of the beautiful game, with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic, who scored a good goal for Chelsea yesterday. Be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and stream every match. Does um like Christian Pulisic get like lots of attention over there? Moon, after do, do you find out every time he does something? Is he a big star or is he just
1: like an under the radar kind of guy? I think he's trying to gain some steam, right? Because I think there's, um, the, you know, the U.S. men's team obviously that won, I believe, the gold cup. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't like with the main superstars of this U.S. national men's team. So, if you're an avid soccer fan in America, I think that's a name that you should know for sure because this guy will probably be the future of this U.S. national men's team. And you know, for him to be playing for Chelsea, uh, another you know popular squad, we can say in the EPL, um, you know, he's he's a guy that is gaining for sure um, some publicity and popularity here at least in the states.
0: Yeah, I like him. Uh yeah, he's he's a good player. They're going to be uh they're going to be a, a handful this year Chelsea. They're going to be fun. Um okay, moon, back to MLB and we will make our picks very shortly. Um series this week. Uh I've just been casting my eye over and again, you know, we we keep mentioning that like the season's just now sort of bubbling along with a little bit more focus, a little bit more intent and there's no real Standout games this week, but you look at you look at the at the season, and you think, Oh, they need to win that. Yeah, they need to win that. They can't afford to lose that. Um the the couple that that catch my eye are the uh athletics at the White Sox uh, this week, and then the Mets going to the Giants because the Mets are starting to run out of time. I'm just starting to wobble on the moon off. Um yeah. I've been um I've been in denial, I think. I've been, I've been a Mets <laughs> denier uh, that they are actually not very good. Um, and they've lost to, to the Dodgers, both in extras, I think, so far this weekend, um, yeah. both in ten innings. So they they played the third game of that series tonight. Yeah. And then they head to the Giants uh, for a series starting tomorrow. So uh, no let-up for the Mets. I think you mentioned their strength of schedule before, Um and at the time, I'll listen to that and think, "Ah, well, what difference does that make?" It's baseball, and then all of a sudden, you get back-to-back series against the Dodgers and the Giants, and you end up going something like two and two and four or two and five, something like that. Um, and all of a sudden, the division looks a lot harder than it did.
1: Yeah, um, it's tough sledding for the Mets. I think you know, anytime you make that West Coast trip to the Dodgers, you're going to get the the Giants right after that. And unfortunately, or fortunately for um, if you're a Giants fan or, you know, you're getting, you're, you're, you're having to face a Mets team. That's like you said, is kind of wobbling here a little bit. Uh, but if you're a Mets fan and a Mets supporter or a backer, you know, it's, it's going to be tough because, um, now you, you know, you're probably gonna lose all the games to the, uh, Dodgers. And now you have to go up against, uh, the front runner and the NL West who has great pitching and, uh, going up against pitching where your team is already struggling, you know, hitting the ball. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough for the Mets. I, I still see that they have the sixth hardest schedule remaining, but again, they have games against the Nationals also. So I think if they're able to split a series, I know they, I still see they have six games against the Giants. So if they're able to find a way to split it or maybe even, you know, get that season series, um, uh, Mets will still be in that race in the NL East, but they're still right there. So like I said, we're multiple times that NL East race, probably going to come down to the wire. I don't know if you could hear thunder in the background. Is that what that is? <laughs> that's what it is. So wow, <laughs> yeah, something. I thought your wife was
0: m- moving the furniture around next door or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's thundering. So uh, that—that's what that noise is. <laughs> yeah, Will you get under the table, Moon? You
0: see? Um, I don't have any windows we've got, around. We've got here um, Red Sox, Yankees as well. They're uh, double header on Tuesday. I think your guy Tanner Houck scored. He's not listed on MLB.com. Yeah, uh, but I think Tanner Houck's going to go in. Uh, maybe the second of those, I think, Uh maybe against Jordan Montgomery in the second of that double letters. And this is the kind of reason where the, why they have to take advantage of that Orioles series because they're uh, tough, tough games against New York. who have been a little bit better lately.
1: Yeah, and Yankees are in a tough spot. Uh, they have the White Sox right now, like we mentioned, with their, their series. And now tomorrow they have a game against the Angels. Um, yeah. I uh, know, and I think it's a makeup game, and they have a yeah. doubleheader against the, uh, the 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 Red Sox on Tuesday, and then I think another game against the Red Sox on Wednesday. So you know, a couple of tough games coming up for the Yankees. The Yankees currently, as we speak, Munaf,
0: they're clinging on to a five-two lead against the White Sox in the bottom of the ninth. But uh, the White Sox have runners on second and third uh, with only one out, uh, so that might be quite entertaining to watch. Um, if the the next uh, minute or two to see if the Yankees hold on to that. Um. Okay, picks time. We did really well last week, Moonaf. We went five to six. Uh, all three of our dogs hit. Um. That was after a good week. Uh, the week before as well. So let's back it up, Moonaf. Um. Do you want to go first or you want to go second?
1: Have yeah, I'll go first. I'll, I'll knock it out before. I, uh, my TV already went out, so hopefully my power doesn't go out. Oh, here. okay. Let, Shh. I'll Shh. kind go of t- stream through it. Uh, so my lock is going to go off on Wednesday. It's going to be between the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I am taking the under in this game. I had a total last week with the under in the Reds and Phillies game, and I think that's been working well for me, these totals. So uh, Freddie Peralta and Jack Flaherty are on the mound, two ace pitchers for both of these squads. Um Freddy Peralta, like we just talked about earlier, he's a, a guy that we've blacked plenty of times, at least on the money line. His numbers are just so good. 2.6 ERA on the road, 1.88 ERA at night, uh, one start versus the Cardinals this season. He went seven innings allowed, one hit, and the Cardinals have a .043 batting average against him. Uh, for the Cardinals, like I said, Flaherty, second start since returning from the I.L., his first start versus the Royals, he pitched really well. Six innings, two hits, zero runs allowed. And then the season, Flaherty is 4-0 and at home with a 1.44 ERA and 2.62 ERA at night. And against the Brewers, this one start this year, he's won six innings, pitched four hits, and zero runs allowed. So we'll be taking the under in the Brewers and Cardinals game on Wednesday. And then my dog, um, Wednesday, Tigers money line versus the Angels. Otani versus Tariq Skubal. Um, both of these pitchers we've talked about at links on this podcast. Uh, Otani is a great pitcher at home, but his road numbers are not that stellar. 5-0, 1.92 ERA at home for Otani. 2-1 and with a 4.54 ERA on the road. His one start versus the Tigers was at home, but he pitched well. But Otani is a different pitcher on the road, like I just said. Uh, and then for the Tigers on the mound is Tariq Skubal, a guy that we've Talked about at volumes on this podcast and back multiple times throughout the season, four and five at home, a 3.48 ERA at home. Um, But more impressive is his last two starts. 11 innings pitched, 10 hits allowed, zero earned runs, which was against the Red Sox and the Orioles in those past two starts, which are pretty good offenses. And then over the last 15 days, the Angels offense ranks next to last or last in runs scored per game, batting average and hits. So, um, you know, I, I think that Otani will for sure be favored because you know he's been doing so well pitching. Um, and it's the angels, but I think this will be a good plus money uh price on Tarek Skubal. So, just to recap, Wednesday, Brewers Cardinals take the under, uh, Freddie Peralta and Jack Flaherty on the mound, and then Wednesday, uh, both games going Wednesday, Tigers money line versus the angels, Shohei Otani versus Tarek Skubal. Excellent, Muna. Thank you. Uh, You've
0: been riding this little trend of uh, taking two good pictures and going on the under. It's been working for you, I've noticed. Yeah, uh, you've put that up a few times recently, so yeah. So why the hell not? And yeah, like you say, the Tigers and Tarek Skubal have kind of been underdog darlings for us quite a few times this season. Uh, we haven't done much with the Angels, and I don't think they've featured uh, in many of our picks, and certainly sure he hasn't. Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting one, and you fetched out some good numbers, as always. Okay, I'll fire on through mine. Uh, before your uh, roof collapses on your yeah, on your head, uh, I'm going. Both both my games are on Monday night. Um, and we're going with uh, Kevin Gosman that we just talked about. Um, for the Giants against Rich Hill and the Mets. Um, I think it is about time I faded the Mets. I've been sticking to my guns on them, but I'm just starting to wobble. Um, and I, I don't see why they'll go to San Francisco. Uh, and change their ways. Uh, Gosman is 11 and five with the. 2.29 ERA uh, but he did have a dodgy July uh, he went 1-3 and three with a five point, uh, 5.11 ERA he's bounced back really well in his last two starts, uh, the Giants are still rolling, at eight 8-2 in the last 10 so I've got no problem with taking them as a side um, Rich Hill 6-4 on the season, um, but that entire record came with Tampa before the trade uh, his record with the Mets um, he hasn't been the picture of record yet, he's had no decisions and um, In his three starts. But he's got a a level ERA, 5.00. His whip is 1.33 in those three starts. And like I said, the Mets aren't rolling. The Mets aren't hitting. Also, the Mets are 23 and 35 on the road. Uh, So I'm happy to take uh, Gosman there. Don't think it'll be a very fancy price, but I don't think it'll be too prohibitive either. Um, My dog. um, Now, this is a, a, a slightly speculative one. Uh, again on Monday night, I'm going to take Braxton Garrett uh, of the Miami Marlins, who's taking on Tuki Toussaint of the Braves. Uh now Braxton Garrett's um started sporadically all season. Um sort of he's had kind of two starts a month, uh spot starts and, and filling in things like that. Um so he started six games. Um hasn't tended to get too deep into games, but I've got no real problem with the with the Marlins pen. Um Now, he did get up, he got lit up last time against the Padres, uh, but his two starts before that were his two best starts of the season. He went five scores against those Mets, um, and then he only gave up two earned runs in seven innings against the Padres. Um, So hopefully he can build on that. I'm happy to put a line through that last one, and hopefully that he can build on on those two decent starts. Um, He's one and one with a 4.65 ERA, um, quite a small sample size um, he's got a high whip so we need some luck we need Miami to play some D uh, but hopefully they can do that uh, tookie Jossant uh, I like him first thing to say I don't uh, he's not someone that I, that I fear because I don't like uh, he's 1-2 and two, uh, with a 4.28 ERA in 5 starts since he came up in July um, but he's very capable of blowing up. Now, this is quite well known in the fantasy community. People sort of uh, expect a, a Tucson blow up every now and again. Uh, his first two starts were good. And then he threw in one of those shockers that he, that he can against the Brewers. Um, he went for seven in runs and three innings. Uh, his last two starts have been very middle of the road. Uh, Miami, are on a bit of a streak. They've won five. Uh, I think that might actually be six now tonight. Uh, they've beaten the Cubs, so 6 in a row, and they're 30-27 at home, uh, so plus 500 at home. I think there will be a dog, because we're looking at the names there, Braxton Garrett, and uh, they're not going to make him favourite against the Braves. Um, it's slightly speculative, but will be a big price. Um, if you're not convinced by the Marlins on the money line, I think take the over, um, because I'm expecting Garrett maybe to give up three runs and just hope that Toussaint uh, gives up a few more. So this could easily be a 6-4, be 7-5 a uh, kind of game. Uh, so maybe take the over as well if I, if I haven't convinced you about taking Garrett on the Marlins. Uh, they're my two picks. Uh, Scott Reichel, um, who also went two for two last week, has made us some picks, uh, and he will give those to us now.
2: Hey, guys. Scott Reichel here with your lock and dog for the week. Now, looking at the weekend, we ended up going 2-0 so a nice sweep for us. We'll look for another sweep here over the next few days. But starting off with the lock on Wednesday, I like the Red Sox team total over. Red Sox have scored at least six runs in four of their last five games. Andrew Heaney pitching for New York last three starts, 15 innings pitched, nine ERA. Heaney stats at Yankee Stadium, even worse, 13 innings pitched, 10.38 ERA this season. I expect Heaney to struggle as the Red Sox should probably put up at least six or seven runs in this spot. And looking at the dog on Monday, I like the Indians on the money line at Minnesota. Cal Quantrill's on the mound for Cleveland last month, 36 innings pitched 1.25 ERA. Meanwhile, Griffin Jack's on the mound for Minnesota. His numbers at target field this season, not good at all. 14.2 innings pitched 6.14 ERA. I expect the Cleveland Indians to get it done. And that's your lock and dog for the week. Other than that though, let it ride. Okay, Scott, thank you very much for those. Um, yeah, Munaf, uh, Kevin Gosman
0: and uh, the dodgy Marlins one. What do you think? How dodgy is it?
1: I like your uh, lock pick, right? I think that may be also something that you want to take a look on the run line. Also, that may be a plus price there. So, you know, the Mets are struggling. Like, we've, we've talked about that. And Kevin Gossman is just chugging along pretty two good starts. I see he kind of had it rough, I think, that month of July that we talked about. But, you know, August, he's p- kind of picked up right where he left off. Um, so I love that. You know, Giants are going to try to stop, pick up as many wins as they can and kind of really build that lead in the NL West. Uh, and your dog pick, I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about at volumes we're at, as we're kind of winding down the season that you're going to be able to find spots where teams like Marlins, um, you know, like the Diamondbacks are a great example where they're going to be taken on a team that is in the hunt, but you're able to find some value and, and and you know, in, in certain situations with certain pitches out there, you're going to be able to find some spots with plus money dogs. I think we did that last week with the diamondbacks beautifully. And then also my Rangers pick from last week. So situationally, I think this is a great pick. And then I don't, I don't hate the over pick. also, um, you know, between two bad pitchers, Ryan, I want to make quick, one more quick point is that Ryan Weathers is on the mound in uh, Colorado. I believe it's on Tuesday, but just make sure to look at it. I also do like the over in that game. It's probably going to come out close to 11, maybe 11 and a half, 12 runs. But because they are playing in course Field and two bad pitchers, I think that's a, a game where you'll see probably a lot of runs. And Ryan Weathers has been so bad um, throughout the season. I know you faded him a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I think that came through for you. Um, and then now Fernando Tatis Jr., I think he's already hit a home run uh, today. So that offense is, is back, or at least for now, for the Padres. So look for them to kind of carry that into uh, Colorado next week.
0: Yeah, that's uh Monday night. Is that it? it's Antonio San teller in Ryan yep. weather's yeah, um, morning. Yeah, good a good spot. Um smashing Moon off, thank you. We've got there. Uh the, the thunder is rolling away in the background. Yeah, it
1: is. Um, <laughs> that's quite scary. You've held it together quite well there. Eh? Yeah, I still have power. So uh nothing as this is another day in uh Houston, Texas here. So uh, I think that gives us uh, our listeners some background noise, or maybe that's kind of soothing for them to have some (laughs) thunder in the background, but I'm sure it's going to pass through in in an hour or so here. Excellent. Uh, Well, good luck, everyone, with your
0: picks. I hope I was doing it again for you, as we did last week. Uh, Thank you for listening. As always, uh, subscribe to uh, Apple and Spotify, leave, rate, review, thumbs up, everything. Uh, The TallySight picks are over on TallySight.com and embedded on the SGPN. All that football stuff, go and get involved. Uh, if a fantasy player, um, there's loads of fantasy stuff going on. We are currently releasing um a season preview for every team uh in the space of the uh 30, 30 odd days. Um so I noticed you you did your Houston Texans article yep. came out. I had gander that, Moonaf, that was excellent. Uh and the DraftKings Leagues and the Slack channel as well. So uh more and more and more content, absolutely everything you could wish for. Um anything else we need to know, Moonaf?
1: No, I think you hit everything, man. Um, you know, we're still here. Like I've mentioned uh, in every episode, we're going to be grinding out MLB. Uh, we're finding winners. Had a great week last week. Hopefully we have a great week to start this week. But uh, if you haven't, you know, downloaded the app, should downloaded all the episodes. I mean, we're cranking out so many podcasts to get ready for football. Check out the website. Exciting times over at SGPN. And um, uh, hopefully you guys are going to catch best with us throughout this MLB season and then going into football. So looking forward to it.
0: Okie dokie, Moonaf. We will let you crawl under the table now. Um, (laughs) Thank you very much. Cheers everyone for listening. Uh, Have a good week and we'll see you down the road.